Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Today I want to take uh, some time and I want to talk about rest. Uh, say that with me this morning, rest, rest, yeah. This is a good season, I think, that uh, we have the opportunity, we have the opportunity to be refreshed, to be renewed, to be restored uh, for the upcoming year. And I, I believe that God throughout the year uh, puts seasons along the way so that we can refresh and renew and uh, gives us a chance really to recharge. And, uh, and that's kind of what I want to uh, touch on this morning. I think that Christmas time can be one of those seasons if we will allow it to be one of those seasons. I think the problem for us, though, is that a lot of times because of everything that's going on, everything that's required of us, everything that's demanded of us, uh, we really get robbed uh, a lot of rest and renewal by getting caught up in busyness and getting caught up in trying to meet expectations uh, that maybe we put on ourselves or expectations that we also uh, allow other people to put on us. And so because of that, we tend to, to, to get robbed of the rest and the things that God really wants to give us during this time. You remember the lyrics from the song, Silent Night. It says, uh, Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright. And so I want to focus on the all is calm part uh, for this uh, message this morning. And I want to talk about coming away from the busyness of the season and really getting a hold of the spirit of the season. Getting away from the busyness of the season, getting a hold of the spirit of the season. Uh, Let God restore you. Let God refresh you. Let God, you know, recharge you for this year ahead. Um, Matthew 11, 28, if you're there with me, if not, it's on the screen. It says this, it says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's a good scripture, amen? Especially if you start to feel weighed down by everything that you've got going on, you feel overwhelmed, you feel burned down, go back to that scripture. That's a great one to kind of keep in the holster for when times get hectic and times get crazy, and then you can pull that out. Now, most everything, I have to say this because I just have to say this. Now, everything, most everything that I'm going to share with you this morning is coming from the devotion on the Bible app, YouVersion. Uh, This was just a great little devotion And I just felt like it was good and timely for us. But it's great for us to go along with this over the next three or four days and help you to kind of unpack some of the things that I'm going to touch on this morning. And so there's a devotional that goes right along with the message this this morning that will help you to uh, kind of get the gist of what God is trying to communicate through this sermon this morning. So let me just ask you this question. Why do we need rest at Christmas time. Why is it that we need rest during this time? I think there's so much uh, surrounding uh, Christmas. Whose house are we going to, right? Uh, who's, who, who do we still have to buy for? What are we cooking? Uh, when are we leaving? Have we bought everybody's present? You know, all of this stuff that, that we think about. So there's so many demands on us during this season that it's easy to get caught up in the busyness and let it suck the life right out of you. You know, and, and this is what I hate. I hate seeing this 
from people that you look at Christmas and, and when people are so down on the holiday, you know, oh, it's Christmas time again, you know, and, and they see it as a negative. I, I think we ought to be excited about this time. But the problem with that is that we do get caught up in the busyness so much that it sucks the life out of us. And because there's no life in it, it is easy to get discouraged and get down about it and just get a a negative outlook on it. I remember when April and I were first married, uh, we tried to please everybody. You know, and that's what you do when you first get married. We're, We're trying to go like to four people's houses during Thanksgiving and four people's houses during Christmas time. And it's like going over here and you don't feel like you spend any time with any person long enough. And as a matter of fact, we're trying to please everybody. What do you end up doing most every time is you end up disappointing everybody, right? You're trying to make everybody happy and as a consequence of that, you make nobody happy and you also make yourself very unhappy because you're trying to struggle with all of that. And so we just learned that, look, we're going to do what we're going to do and we're going to do it well. And that may not please everybody, but at the end of the day, we're going to be satisfied with the effort that we've given and where we've gone, and it's going to be fruitful and blessed rather than a taxing situation that just sucks life out of us. God knew that every one of us are so inclined to overactivity, to busyness, to filling our lives with stuff that He built into our very week a day of rest and then required that day of rest by law. Right? I mean, he said, look, you need a day of rest. And you know what? I'm going to help you to follow that day of rest by requiring it be a commandment that you follow on a regular basis. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So he understood at the very beginning that the propensity for all of us is to get caught up in activity so much that we drain ourselves and we we become deficient in, in who we are physically, spiritually, emotionally, socially, all of those areas. And because of that, he builds us in. God is still, listen to this this morning, God is still capable of holding your world together. God is capable of holding your world together. If you take your hands off of some stuff and take a step back, is God capable and able to still hold your world together? And the answer is, yes, he is. Some of our entire identities are tied to what we do and what we provide. But God intended for our identities to be tied to who we are and whose we are, not what we do and what we provide. And so it's easy to get so caught up in all of that activity. And I promise you, I promise you this, that if you take time and rest, everything's going to be okay. It will still work out. Some of you are convinced that if you stop for just a moment and you, you take a rest for just a moment that Christmas will be ruined. It won't be. It won't be. It's still going to be okay. As a matter of fact, the rest that you take may just give you an opportunity to actually enjoy what you're doing. And so let me help you with this morning with some rest. Who's in need of a little rest today? All right, we got some tired, tired people in the house today. Let, let Pastor help you get a little rest this morning. I want to give you four things today, four things, and I'm going to use the word rest as an acronym to kind of help you remember and rest uh, to find out, we're going to find out what it means this morning. The first thing to remember is rest begins when we remember His goodness. Yeah. 
Rest begins when we remember His goodness. All of us in this place suffer from a condition called spiritual amnesia. And that is the condition that says we forget who God is and we forget what God has done. From one day to the next. We forget that God was able to take care of certain situations in the past. Therefore, He's probably able to take care of certain situations now and in the future. And so we forget about that and we tend to be so focused on the next need that we neglect to be thankful for the last need that was met. Isn't that true? I've already got this taken care of now. I'm focused on what I've got to do next and I neglect to be thankful for what God's already done in my life. Christmas is supposed to be a time and a season that reminds us and helps us remember the goodness of God. It's supposed to be a time where we're focused on what He's done for us and what He's given to us and who He is for us. Not because our minds don't know, but because our hearts cease to be amazed. Isn't that true? Not that we don't know. I know what God's done for me. You know what God's done for you. You can can tell the Christmas story. You can give the meaning behind the Christmas story. Everybody can do that. And so it's not a mental thing. It's a heart thing. Sometimes we just cease to be amazed by what God has done and we lose the awe of the moment. The story becomes so familiar to us. The rituals become so familiar to us. The traditions become so familiar to us that we lose the awe of the Christmas season. We become so familiar with the goodness of God that it, that it ceases to wow us. And it becomes an expected thing, a, a thing of commonplace, rather than an awe-inspiring and captivating thing that God is doing and God has done. There's an old saying that says, familiarity breeds contempt. And unfortunately, our hearts tend to lose a sense of wonder concerning God over time. You know, and that's why one of the writers says in the Word of God that, that we need to go back to our first love. You know, he's talking about going back to those moments where we're captivated again by God and we're, we're struck by who He is and we keep a freshness in our relationship and we don't let it become stale and don't let it become stagnant. Throughout the journey of the Israelites, if you go back and you look at the Old Testament, God instructed them along the way to build memorials. He, he reminded them uh, consistently to remember and share stories of His goodness, to develop testimonies of what He has done. And the reason He did that is that so that they would stand as reminders of His goodness to the people that were living then and the people that would come later. In Deuteronomy 6 and 20, this is one of the times when God talks about that. He says, when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is the meaning of these testimonies, these statutes, and these judgments which the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were slaves in Pharaoh with Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe, against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all of his household. Then he brought us out from there, that he might bring us in to give us of the land which he swore to our father. And the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that we might preserve us alive as it is this day. And so God wants us to remember His goodness so that we can find faith in these current moments that we're living in and move forward in that place of rest with God. Rest is is relying on Him. I'm gaining my strength not for my own self, but because I'm relying on Him. Psalms 103 and 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His 
benefits. Don't forget what God has done for you. Let's be careful to not forget the goodness of our God. We find rest when we remember His goodness. The second thing to remember is rest begins when we express our neediness. Express our neediness. Oh, Lord. None of us in this place want to express our neediness, right? Is there anything more or less attractive than neediness? I mean, just being honest, right? There's nothing less attractive than neediness. When we run, we avoid people who are needy. Nothing is more diminishing to Christmas cheer than a sob story, right? Nobody wants to, 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 to embrace... We don't want to be around neediness. Nobody wants to admit that we need something. But here's what I'm talking about. How many times, especially ladies, let me talk to you for just a minute. Will you say this holiday season, thanks, but I can do it? How many times will you say over the course of these next few weeks, thank you, but I can do it? No, it's just easier if I handle it. No, it's just better if I do it. No, it's better if I take care of it. For some of us, how many offers of help do we turn down even though it is clear to everybody around us that we could use a little help? For some of us, I think the biggest hurdles we face is just admitting that we could use a little help. I could use a little help. Admitting that we're still human and we can't do everything by ourselves. Would you rather... Would you rather have some help and enjoy the process, get to enjoy the process, and keep your Jesus and your salvation, or do everything yourself and be exhausted and cranky? Which would you rather? Because I can say to you, your family would rather you choose the latter than the former. Amen. Amen. Be careful. There are certain times, man, you've got to be careful to Amen. <laughs> and not just the women, but men too. What, what, what do you want your family to remember? That's, that's the point. The way the lights were lined up perfectly on your house or the time you spent together enjoying one another? The way the turkey tasted or the time you spent connecting and creating memories? Because what's really important? Amen. Refusing help, refusing to allow others to be a part of the process is self-sufficiency. And self-sufficiency is deadly to our spiritual lives. God has created each and every one of us to rely on Him, but not only Him, to also rely on each other. We all have that responsibility. God has created you to rely on Him and to rely on your brothers and sisters, your family, your friends, to rely on other people. It's an expression of pride when we refuse to acknowledge that we have a need. It is prideful to say, I don't need anybody. Pride comes directly out of a self-reliant, self-sufficient attitude that I can do it. I'm the only one that can do it. If it's going to get done, it's going to be because I do it. Not Not relying on others, refusing to rely on others. Expressing your neediness to God and to others is one of the greatest ways to truly connect with Him. And it's also a great way to connect with others. Some of the greatest memories that I have about Christmas are not times when we had a beautiful setting on the table. 
I appreciate that. But the best times are the times that we did things together. The things that I really remember are the moments that we share together. Those are the things that stick in your mind. Those are the things that last. And those are the things that are really important. And so if our identity is tied to what we can provide and what we do, it's tied to the wrong thing. And so this year, let's have no Christmas martyrs this year. No Christmas martyrs are allowed this year. Let, let someone be a part of the process with you and let God help you enjoy the process together this year. The Word of God says in Galatians 6.2, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Glory. Express your neediness. The, four, the third thing is this, to remember. Rest begins when we seek His stillness. Seek His stillness. Turn to your neighbor and say, just stop. Just stop. Just, 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 will you just stop for a minute? Have you ever had somebody just do like an intervention on your life? You know, you're so busy, you're so caught up in what you're doing, and they just stand in front of you and they're like, will you just stop for just a minute? I, I, I see that this is headed in a bad direction. Just, just stop. Just stop. Stop moving, stop doing, stop thinking about everything. Just take a moment and be still. Seek His stillness. Have you ever sensed the Holy Spirit prompting you, encouraging you to stop for a moment and just take a break? No, I've been too busy, Pastor, for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. For most of us, we just push that stuff off and we go on to the next task. We often push ourselves, waking up early, staying up late, working to exhaustion, forfeiting the joy of the season. Stillness is an idea that for many people is simply beyond their scope and comprehension. Still. Are you kidding me? Still. If I am still, how does anything get done? Do you know that stillness, especially stillness in the presence of God, reveals to us, and I thought this was so good, reveals where God is trying to work in you? That when we're still and we're just still in the presence of God, He will talk to you about where He's trying to work in your life. Where He's trying to maybe sure you up a little bit, and strengthen you a little bit, and maybe shape you a little bit. Stillness in the presence of God reveals where God's trying to work in us. We resort to busyness because we don't want to address the areas that God is wanting to bring healing and change to our lives. I think there's probably no better way to avoid dealing with the condition of our heart and life than to stay so busy that God can't speak to us. We fear stillness so we leave no task undone even though the busyness we are engaged in is ultimately will end up being our demise. I'm not suggesting to anybody in this place, especially these that are, you know... The, the Marthas in the room, if you will, the ones that find, you know, connection with God by, by working and serving. I love that. I, I am one of those. But I am, so I'm not suggesting to you that you throw out tradition or you become a lazy lump who does nothing under the guise of, well, I'm spiritually resting. I'm not going to do anything today. But I am suggesting that maybe we take some times along the way. I'm not suggesting that you say to your family, Pastor said to just heat up some bologna in the microwave. I'm not supposed to. No. 
I'm just <laughs> suggesting that you incorporate some moments of stillness into the busyness so that you can work from a place of wholeness and a place of rest. Don't you think that a person working from a place of wholeness and rest is more effective and efficient than a person working from brokenness and exhaustion? Of course. God's help comes to us when we repent and rest and His strength comes to us when we are quiet and trusting. Take some moments along the way to do what Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I love this verse in Isaiah 30 and 15. It says this, it says, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved, and quietness and confidence shall be your strength. The last thing is this, rest begins when we trust His faithfulness. Trust His faithfulness. Do you trust Him? Do you trust Him? There's probably not a more important question that you will ask yourself in your lifetime than this question, do you trust Him? Do you trust God? Do you trust Him? Do we trust who He is? Do we trust what He says? Do we trust that He will do what He has promised? Because to trust God means to rest, and rest means to trust. It means that I trust God with the outcome. We are constantly, every person in this room is constantly evaluating the trustworthiness of things. We're we're evaluating the trustworthiness of people around us. We're evaluating the trustworthiness of God in our lives. We do the same thing with that relationship. Asking regularly, how much can I actually trust God in this process? Is He really looking out for me? Does He really have my back? Does He really, is He really going to come through? We evaluate God's faithfulness in the past to determine whether or not we can trust Him in the future. He is trustworthy. Do you know that this morning? He's trustworthy. Trust His faithfulness. And trust His faithfulness to lead you to the desires of your heart. We can work so hard. Listen, this is important. We can work so hard to create a perfect scene for our family that in so doing we destroy what we're trying to create because of all the pressure we put on ourselves to deliver. I can put so much pressure on myself that the very thing that I'm trying to create I'll ultimately destroy. And I'll ultimately undermine because of the pressure that I put myself under. And so listen closely to this. This is a public service announcement that I'm going to give you right now. (laughs) Your family wants you more than they want what you can do for them. Your family needs you more than they need what you can provide for them. So be present. I don't think there's a better word that I can give people during any time, really, of the, of the year, throughout the year, but especially during this time, is to just be present. Be there in the moment. It's so easy to be so caught up in looking ahead, planning ahead, working ahead, because you feel the pressure of getting so many things done that we're not in the moment. This is the most important moment that you have is right now. And the most important people that you have around you are the ones that are right in front of you right now. And so be present. It helps to be present when you trust the faithfulness of God, that God is going to help you get done what you have a heart to accomplish. That He can and help you get to the place that you're trying to get to. So let the Creator do the creating. 
Let, let the Creator do the creating. Let Him help you set the stage by trusting Him with the process. There's no better time to trust God's faithfulness than right now. Lamentations 3.22 says, Though the Lord's mercies, through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Would you stand with me across this place as Amber comes? Each moment is a new opportunity to trust God's faithfulness in a million little ways. And it all starts with learning, learning to rest. What if instead of rushing headlong into busyness, we started each day with the simple practice of resting in Christ Jesus? If we took a moment and remembered His goodness expressed our neediness. God, I need you. I'm relying on you. I'm not doing this on my own. But I'm going to draw my strength from you this, this morning, this day. I want to take some moment to seek his stillness. I'm just going to be still. I'm going to let God speak to me and talk to me. And I'm going to take a moment and throughout the day to trust his faithfulness and know that if God has been faithful, God will be faithful And God will deliver and take care of everything that I have need of. You've all seen those shirts. I think they're kind of annoying for myself. The Be Calm shirts. But this would make a good one. Be calm and trust God with the outcome. It's it's a great statement that we need to remember that we need to be calm and trust God with the outcome. He's capable. He's able. And He'll get you to where you want to be every head bowed and every eye closed across the place this morning. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I could use some rest. I am weary. I am burnt out. I am feeling the strain and the difficulty of the season. I feel the weight of responsibility bearing down on me. And I just feel like I could use some rest this morning. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and say, just acknowledge that? Yes, amen. Hands going up all over the place. We put so much pressure on us. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm just struggling with being overwhelmed and just being caught up in the busyness of this holiday season. If that's you, God is here to help you this morning. And so I want to pray for you just right where you are today. I'm going to ask God to touch your Situation. I'm going to ask God to help you take some rest. And as you take that rest, He's going to give you rest. And He's going to help you receive it this morning. Father, I thank you for everybody in this room. Those that were honest this morning and just said, Lord, I need some rest today. That I am overwhelmed. I'm burdened down. I'm busy. And I know that I need to come into that place where I just seek after your goodness. I embrace my neediness, God. I I am still in you, God, and I am trusting your faithfulness. I I am seeking out you in this season. I'm not going to get caught up in the busyness that I lose the spirit of this season. Lord, I pray that you would just bless them today. I pray that, God, you would help us to just pause and take a moment to just stop and just get a sense of who we are. Lord, to center ourselves in you, knowing that you are the one that we draw strength from. You're the one that recharges us, renews us, refreshes us, restores us. God, you're the one that we we connect to to get the joy of the moments. 
And I pray that, Lord, this would be the best Christmas that any of us have ever had. Because we are centering it in you. And we're trusting you to provide all the things that you've already promised you would provide. Joy, peace, rest, renewal, God. All of those things that come directly from you. We thank you for that today. In Jesus' name. Now with every head bowed and every eye still, still closed. If you're here, you don't know Jesus. You've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're at a place where you have wandered away from Him and you need to come back to Him. Man, there's no, I don't think there's a better time than right now to give your heart to Jesus Christ. I don't think there's a better time to come home to Jesus than right now. And so if you say, that's, that's me, Pastor. I'm not where I know I need to be this morning and I want to make things right. I want to get myself positioned with God just in the right place. Would you just simply raise your hand and let me see that this, this morning? You say, that's me. I need to get my life right. I need to get myself back to where I need to be today. Yes, amen. I'm going to pray a prayer for you. And as I pray this prayer, I want you just to pray it in your own heart and just simply ask Jesus to come and be a part of your life. He says, all those that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, Father, today, Lord, for these that have raised their hand in this place, I pray for salvation over their lives. I pray that you would just minister to them and that, Lord, you would become very real to them in this moment. That they would begin to just confess you as Lord, to give their lives to you, to to call upon your name and ask you to be a part of their lives. And as they do that, Lord, I know what your word says and I trust it to be completely true that, Lord, you said if they would call upon you, you would save them. Lord, you said also that old things would pass away and all things would become new. And so, Father, this is a do-over for us. This is a new start to life. This is a new beginning, and we thank you for that this morning. Lord, I pray salvation over them. I pray, Lord, for restoration over them. I pray that, God, from this moment on, they would just direct their lives in you and towards you, and that, God, they would begin a journey that keeps you in the center of that journey. Lord, we thank you this morning. Lord, now I just pray for everybody in this room, Lord, for this season. I pray that, God, we thank you for their hearts to worship you and to love you and to serve you and to follow you, God. We pray that you keep everyone safe as they travel their different directions. Lord, we thank you for all that you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 945 for Sunday school and at 1030 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself.